Hello, boys. <laughs> Hello. Hello. All right. As you can hear, we have our very first guest on the pod. I'm very happy to introduce Kenny, who is one of my best friends. We've known each other. Did you know it's almost been nine years? That's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, because I met Kyle 10 years ago. So now it's very easy math to find out when I met all my friends. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we went to school together. We have worked together. Um, he is uh, just a very cool dude. He's in our D&D group. Oh, yeah. Prolific musician. Oh. And listener of the podcast so definite listener total <laughs> fan <laughs> love it i'm really excited because i have like some of my favorite people here and we're gonna talk about one of my favorite things which is fully automated luxury gay space communism aka star trek heck yeah now on a t-shirt now on a t-shirt <laughs> available for purchase it doesn't have star trek on it but oh <laughs> uh. All right, so for this episode, we're going to be covering some basic world-building stuff and into the next generation, and we'll cover other series in later episodes. Okay, so I figured first we could kind of go around the horn and say how much of each series have we all watched and who your favorite captain is, because I feel like that's really telling. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, Greg, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All right, so I have watched... I watched most of the original series. Mm -hmm. uh, I've watched mm, a good chunk of. There's just so much of Next Generation. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I've watched most of that. Like, I don't know. That's the one that I've watched the most, maybe. Deep Space Nine, I've only watched a little bit of. Mm -hmm. And Voyager, same thing. But, like, when we were growing up, our parents were watching it. So we kind of absorbed a lot of that gotcha. passively. I remember that the doctor at one point fucks, and that was like an episode. <laughs> In Voyager? Yeah, I think so. I'm blanking this out. Because he's like a hologram, yeah. and yeah. then one day like he, he fucks somebody, and I remember that being an episode. I was very young, and I remember this. <laughs> You're that's like, awesome. what? That's like weird. <laughs> um, favorite captain is going to be Picard mm -hmm. for me. Nice. So. Good choice. Kenny. Thank you. Okay, well... <laughs> So I've watched nearly all of the series in entirety, but it's been a while. Um, I have not watched all of the original. I can't seem to get through it. Um, yeah, it's it's hard a hard one to get through. Um, but I've watched part of Discovery. Um, there's some movies I haven't watched. I haven't tried Picard yet. There's some animated stuff too I haven't checked out. Yeah, but yeah mostly most of the series: um, Voyager, Enterprise, uh, TNG. Uh, Deep Space Nine. I think I've watched all of it, but it's been a while. So um, yeah. lots of holes in my memory on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, my fave captain is also Picard. <laughs> cool, cool. And for um, similar reason of the Voyager thing you mentioned, just it's nostalgia. That's what my parents were watching growing up. We, I think it was Saturday nights, we'd watch uh, Star Trek Next Generation and Touched by an Angel <laughs> in the same <laughs> yeah. night. What a combo. Yeah, I know, yes. right? Um, but yeah, lots of nostalgia. I also like him because he's a grumpy old man, yes. but also charming. But yeah, I haven't even seen the show about him, so <laughs> whatever. <Yeah>. Maybe soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've watched some of the newer one, the Discovery? Yeah, a little okay, bit. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched any of the new stuff, so it's all right. That. I've maybe watched a few episodes of Enterprise, you okay. mentioned. Yeah. That's yeah. the prequel one, right? Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for that show, like... It's got this hilarious post-grunge intro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just like a complete turn from all the other Star Trek stuff. Um, Scott Bakula is hilarious and weird as oh, the Scott captain. Scott Bakula is it? He's the, He's captain. the captain, yeah. Oh, okay. Captain Archer. I, that, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's cool. it. Cool. 
he's also like a strange sportsman. He's like into water polo and watches like reruns from like hundreds of years ago with his what friends. The hell? It's so weird. It's like it's like pretty aesthetically pleasing, but it also kind of like recycles plot lines from the yeah. other shows. So, mm-hmm. You know. Whatever you're into, it's it's pleasing for some reason. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've watched a few episodes because I think Dad made us watch them. Cool. Yeah, when we were in Long Beach, we just all end up watching Star Trek because like, it's the thing we can all agree on. Nice. Yeah. So we we sample that. a lot. That and Food Network. Food Network, a lot of Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> we actually kind of hate Guy Fieri as but, a family. I like yeah, him. Yeah, but he's kind of funny. He's funny. He is. Anyway, my mind cut that. <laughs> Who cares? Um, okay. I have watched most of the original series. I watched it in college because I thought it was funny and campy. But I didn't get, I didn't finish it because I just started recycling plots. I'm like, mm-hmm. we already did a body swap episode. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Clearing out the closet of, of uh, costumes. Or Definitely. Oh, like, yeah. Just Westerns. do a Roman. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lots of weird Greek Roman ones. I love that. Mm-hmm. And Next Generation is also my favorite. And the one I've, I've watched all of that. I finished it recently. And then I binged like the first two seasons of both Deep Space Nine and Voyager, mostly in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> and I'm really sad because they're now moving to Paramount Plus, so like mm, I don't ugh. I don't want another fucking streaming service. So I don't know what I'm gonna do about that because I want to finish those. There's lots of options online. Yeah, <laughs> I might have to go go take to the high seas. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I'm gonna round us out. I also love Picard. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that he's Carpool. so grumpy. Like mm. he's I love when he interacts with children. It's so fucking it's funny. So awkward. It's like What what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, I, I love a grumpy old man, hence why I'm married to an Aquarius. So yeah, it just it works for me. Yeah, we don't have a lot to reference for some of the newer stuff, so listeners, if you are super into that and if it has like really left his content somehow let us know and we can we can do another episode on these if, if there's demand for it yeah. yeah so yeah also that means i get to watch more star trek so. <laughs> <laughs> okay i thought we could go into some world building stuff so i think one of the things that kind of works about star trek is that it is it almost like established the sci-fi genre on tv so like mm. you kind of just accept a lot of it you're like cool we're in space like mm. And they, they throw enough techno babble in there so you still remember that you're in space. Mm-hmm. But, like, they don't super get into specifics that often in, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, government. So, okay, like, yeah. through either episodes or research, like, what do we know about their government? I looked into this a little bit. Mostly what they talk about is the military. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Federation. Mm-hmm. Their Starfleet, I guess, is... Um, it's this like military organization where they're like exploring and also um, keeping the peace. I, I I looked up a bunch of stuff and I found a page on some Star Trek wiki that was just basically talking about how they don't they don't really say much about it in any of the on-screen stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exact nature of the government of the Federation has never been made clear on screen, <laughs> and the exact division of powers between the Federation government and the governments of its member worlds is unknown. Mm. So, like, yeah. there's it doesn't really go into that, but they it seems to be built kind of like the UN. It mm-hmm. sounds like that's kind of what I get from it too, like because it's called the Federation of Planets, mm-hmm. and it's almost like like countries are just now planets, like because yeah. I read yeah. that there's there's still a president, but he's president of Earth. <laughs> And he lives in Paris. I didn't like, even run across that. That sounds rad. That's bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, uh, it assumes essentially one world government's on each planet. Like yeah. a planetary government. I don't think it's like fully required or something, but that's the, that's the norm. And then, yeah, it's UN in space, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
They still have a Supreme Court, I found out, through, okay. through some wiki dives. I found that called the Supreme Assembly. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. No, they, and they have a Federation Council, which is like delegates from the member planets. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have a constitution and a charter, which is referenced at some points, mm-hmm. but like they don't tell us anything else about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this all must come from just various little clips of dialogue of people just mentioning something yeah. offhand, yeah. right? And there are, some, there are a couple like documents that people reference that are like, questionably canonical mm. like mm. that like i think comes up in voyager a little bit but like people are still like no that's not canon oh. and there's something oh, called weird. the starfleet technical manual oh. and also the federation charter which is based yeah. heavily on the un charter oh, okay okay yeah. um there's also like a huge expanded universe in terms of like books and stuff like there's oh, novels yeah. mm, okay. I, I almost bought some the other day nice. and i was like i don't know <laughs> Do I need these? Um, I was like, this is a bridge too far. I'm willing to be a Star Trek nerd, but I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> so to gain membership to the Federation, apparently you cannot have caste-based discrimination, violation of sentient rights, and they prefer you to have a single unified government, although that's not like a requirement. Okay. Again, this is according to some Wikipedia deep dives. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Is that on, what is it, Memory Alpha? I was yeah. on that earlier. Okay. Yeah, that's like where a lot of the stuff is Shout out to cool. Memory Alpha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it seems like Starfleet is basically, yeah, like their military. Okay. And, and that's really what all the, the story is from. But, okay, but it's weird, though, because why, why am I into this show about the military? <laughs> because it, which, what we're seeing isn't uh, military in the... In the in, with the mission that we're used to it having, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, go here, occupy this place, you know, yeah. uh, pacify these people, do this battle. Like, mm-hmm. it's most, mostly exploration yeah. or research. And it's like the military, but nerdy. Like yeah, yeah. If you had if you had the National Science Foundation, but gave them cool uniforms and <laughs> <laughs> like military equipment, go <laughs> do research. It is, yeah. yeah, just like NASA, but, but yeah. big. Yeah, actually funded. It's, it's strange though because that is what they seem to be posing themselves as. But they routinely get into these weird things where they end up acting kind of like a military, more you mm-hmm. know, like intervening and in stuff, occupying places, going to war with people. Like I guess that's what we have to do. I yeah. hate the war episodes or like even yeah. seasons. There are seasons where it's like very war focused. Mm, yeah. Like it just sucks. So yeah. It's like that's not why I'm here. <laughs> why are we doing this? I get I get really bored with that too. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned like the intervening in different places, right? And they kind of do. You know, we have these throughout all the series uh, episodes where they intervene on the scale that, like, this would, in our world, be a straight-up military intervention somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But in their world, it's really nice and clean and sanitized, and it's just like one ship, you know? And uh-huh. mm-hmm. very few people die. It's like a... It's kind of like a positive presentation of military intervention. Like, totally. It's... It's good, and, and smart people are doing it, and they made sure it was done right, you know? They're competent. Yeah. yeah, they are hyper-competent. That is definitely their whole bag. Is mm-hmm. like, It sounds like it's really hard to get into Starfleet. Yes. Do you guys get yeah. that impression? Definitely. I, mm-hmm. I, there's all these like conversations like, oh, you were in Starfleet? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, how, how is Starfleet Academy? Like, it's like mm-hmm. a big deal. It sounds really hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, then I also wonder, like, is all education done through Starfleet? Like, can you go... You can go to other places for school, right? Yeah, you yeah, should be able so. to. Yeah. Okay. They just never mention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. rarely. Well, it's not the... Yeah, I guess it's not the focus of 
yeah. of the show. Yeah. And then um, I'm also like, because Wesley's learning like oh, yeah. freaking quantum physics or whatever. And mm. I'm like, is it that everyone like has a higher bar for education or is Starfleet mm. just like extremely, extremely smart? Like I couldn't, I can't quite tell. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Picard talks a little bit about, you know, the new purpose is to enrich yourself or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... I'd assume that there are more institutions than just the Federation. That'd be kind so. of weird. <laughs> or, yeah. or that Starfleet, rather. Uh, one thing that is, is interesting about a lot of characters talking about uh, why did I join Starfleet and everything mm-hmm. is that they have such an option in terms of what they want to do mm-hmm. or if they want to do nothing yeah. because they're in this like post-scarcity sort of model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That kind of leads me to why I wanted to do an episode on this in the first place, which is that this is like an example of a post-scarcity economy. And it's really interesting for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. thinking about this on the way. I was thinking like, I think this is why one of the reasons I like D&D so much and like those kinds of games is if you have a DM that does not care about food, <laughs> <laughs> then you get to focus on the fun stuff. And like, yeah. that's, I mm-hmm. think, what is so great about fantasy series like this where like you can just kind of put aside survival and get to what's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. and you know play the way you want to play at your table some people yeah, like some a people gritty survival game go scavenge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's all kinds of mechanics for it too it's crazy mm-hmm. cool. yeah but it's super cool the way their whole society is organized in that way and sometimes they encounter people who don't understand this you know that they don't use money or they have they've provided they they can provide for everybody's needs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they have replicators that seems yeah. to be their big breakthrough yeah they don't do a lot of like episodes on them as far as i've seen at least they get into it a little bit in voyager mm-hmm. but they have to like have resources still in some way it just seems like they're past like needing like like obviously fossil fuels yeah <laughs> like like their energy sources must be all renewable by now right I don't know. I, I feel like in some Voyager episodes, they're like trying to find, I can't remember the name of the material, but whatever they use to power their ship, it's yeah, like a thing you have to mine. Fuel. Yeah. But that's because they're so far away, right? Like in maybe, Voyager. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about their energy situation in detail. You I would imagine that, like... It's a lot of techno babble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they probably there's crystals. Have solar, <laughs> yeah. like... Maybe even Dyson spheres or something, mm-hmm. you know, or rings. Or one something. episode was about a Dyson sphere in, oh, in Next Generation. I don't okay. remember what happened. But. Was it a, like a Federation no, one? or They were discovering it. They're like, this might actually be a Dyson sphere, and they're really oh. excited about it. Okay. So they, they don't have Dyson spheres. It's like a <laughs> shutdown. Right. Well, there you go. But uh, it's interesting. I think the thing about the replicator may not be their breakthrough technology. Oh, like, you think it's warp? Warp helps, but like it seems. We'll get into this when we talk about in the Deep Space Nine episode on when they do the Bell Riots thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems like they just kind of figure out how to distribute things more effectively so where everyone can have enough. Like, they Mm -hmm. were essentially already to that point, but it was just wasteful. Yeah. Kind of like how we are. I mean, we have enough. Uh (laughs) It's just we don't do the right things with it. And we have really good technology. It's just being used for the wrong things. Could you imagine if we invented replicators and then we didn't share them with anyone? Right. They're still cost prohibitive. I mean, (laughs) that's definitely what would happen. What we're seeing with automation now and everything, too, is just a misuse of it. Like, it will... Those technologies, replicator technology, would oppress us more mm-hmm. if it 
remains in private hands. Like, yeah. you know, if it remains in capitalism, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Because then it's going to be like, who's maintaining the replicators? Who's like mining whatever raw mm-hmm. good is, goods are required to run a replicator? Like, they're, they're going to push that work onto somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And the replicators you get to go to are like the little slop replicators. Uh-huh. They just produce a little paste for you to oh, eat. Well, this is part of the reason I love Enterprise, the prequel, because they go into a lot of the, like, proto-technology. Okay, And, yeah. like, replicators are, like, they can replicate some, like, basic protein, but they also just have, like, a ship's cook that, like, mm. works yeah. with that and stuff they grow on there. Yeah. Um, and then they just have like a really crappy transporter that everyone's afraid to use. <laughs> it's like just for cargo, and they're yeah. like, "Oh God, we have to use it to get out of this situation." And they're like, "I guess we're fine." Like, <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the transporter. I mean, this is maybe an aside. It has nothing to do with communism. <laughs> do you die every time you go in a transporter? I've heard this argument that like you're you're killed every time. Mm-hmm. I think you might be, but I think it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> one of those techno babble things they kind of skip over intentionally. But I did find an interesting point that the the transporters and the replicators are related. They use the same technology. Mm. And there's this weird line where they say, oh, replicators can replicate anything that's inanimate. And later in the series, it's like, oh, you can do not just food. You can, like, make a guitar or you can make, like, some yeah. other thing. And um, apparently the resolution on it isn't good enough to create something that's alive. Mm. But the same technology exists in the teleporters is basically what they're saying. Okay, so. okay. okay. That makes sense. It's yeah. all, like, matter and, and yeah. forming matter. I don't yeah. know. Science. Very <laughs> weird. <laughs> they tell, yeah, they use, and they use science babble about it. Like, mm-hmm. the, the transporters are, like, you have the beam and all that stuff that Uh I guess transmits information and then reassembles it on the other side. Yeah, Yeah. that's the idea, I guess. Yeah, I mean, functionally, it doesn't matter if you die or... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. if you remember everything... Well, you won't. You're gone. But somebody on the other end emerges as you. Y'all ever seen The Prestige? (laughs) I don't think I have. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the joke. Yeah, I mean, spoilers, but at the end, you find out his big magic trick is that he keeps on replicating himself, and there's a bunch of dead versions of himself in this basement like, that have drowned in this tank that's like part of the Spooky. the magic trick or whatever and so it's yeah it's like how he does his best trick and yeah. that's the reveal at the end oh, so, man. Dang. yeah okay we'll have to tag it with spoilers for the prestige, <laughs> spoilers for prestige. you can cut it if we don't want <laughs> it's, okay. it's a pretty old movie I it probably is. should have seen it by now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I guess they regardless of how they get there with, with the technology and everything they are in a post-scarcity situation mm-hmm and I guess what they mean by this isn't necessarily you can have like a billion of whatever you want or anything. Mm-hmm. There are still limits, but mm-hmm. everyone can be, you know, everyone can have enough without doing anything if they don't want to, right? Like, yeah. It's just, it's provided for you. It seems yeah. like it. And like, it seems like everyone is still obviously choosing to work. Like, you have this huge, apparently very difficult to achieve or to get into organization mm-hmm. and you still have like scientists, you still mm-hmm. have all kinds of people. So it seems like it worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Picard's the one who you mentioned, he says like, you know, we've, we're gone beyond like just trying to struggle to survive or infancy. You know, we're like trying to better ourselves. And so, so everyone, what they're doing, right. Whatever their occupation is, is like, it's a vocation or it's like what they, it's like a mission for them, you know, of, of 
what they think is going to be bettering for not just themselves, I guess, but mm-hmm. serving others in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it kind of just takes the um, focus off of labor, I guess, which is a little strange, but it's like the stuff that you do isn't really seen as labor. It's seen as like enrichment or something, you know, because yeah. you've got like a lot of the main stuff covered already. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like work. At least it's work, but it's like uh, it's almost play, I guess. Yeah. It's for fun. Yeah. You know? Mm hmm. So there's apparently a book about this called Truckonomics. I really want to buy it. <laughs> I haven't gotten awesome. it yet. But it, it just it talks like about analyzing their economy and like because there are still some instances of places where there is money. Like they still mm-hmm. especially like in later seasons when they start hanging out with like the Ferengi and stuff. Like yeah. they're they're hilarious. <laughs> they I, have are. A lot to I can't say wait to them. talk about them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so like there's still some sort of currency and like it kind of changes like between seasons Mm -hmm. like in voyager because they're stranded they use like rations as currency it's really sad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, replicator rations because they can still Mm -hmm. eat like they have a they have a chef but because the replicator i guess is now being only used for really important things like probably parts and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. so they only get like replicator meals like every now and then Mm, okay. It's an interesting new, like, you know, we're talking about post-scarcity. They're, like, thrown back into this scarce survivalist mode, you know? Yeah, that's why I'm excited to watch more of Voyager. It's a cool one. Uh, but, you know, it's it's different. It's, like, a lot of it is based off of, you know, exploration. A lot of the series are. And um, Voyager's is, like, completely different for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're still exploring, but they're, like... Oh, we gotta get they have home. a place to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, do we want to get into each series now? Um, we we moved yeah. past things pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I found a, a reference to managing the budget between member planets. Oh, okay. So there must be monetary budgets of some kind. Yeah. There maybe they use it to trade. I yeah. don't. That's not really. It may come from one of those weird documents that's not canon. But like, <laughs> it's like uh, it it's it just struck me like oh they must be doing something with money. Mm-hmm. And they talk about latinum a lot, which is... Yeah, latinum. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, the thing they use at Quark's Bar and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like latinum is used to trade maybe with those societies that still have money or, you know, Mm because they've got an external... They're not all the Federation, so you got to make... You know, you probably hold some foreign currency or whatever to deal with the unenlightened that are still doing money stuff. Or for, like, luxuries, I guess. You know, a lot of the stuff they use latinum for is, like, drinks or, like... um, Like the hollow sweets. Yes, hollow sweets. That's, (laughs) yeah. Gambling. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like Monopoly money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like casino chips, basically. Do you think every planet in the Federation has to be... They don't have to be post-scarcity. So, like, I'm sure Mm. other planets in there are still doing money. Do you, like, do you think the Klingons use money? Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of wondering about this, like, Hmm. in thinking about the term post-scarcity, like, it's kind of funny because, you know, you can define your collective of planets as post-scarce, you know, and maybe Mm -hmm. you're sharing that technology and you all have replicators and you're covered. But then there's like, you know, you're running into people who are other species, like your member planets. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're not post-scarce, and you're not, like, offering them stuff unless you, like, join your group, you mm-hmm. know? Which yeah. is, like, such a weird... Like, is that really post-scarcity, or are you, like, perpetuating it a little bit? Mm. Like, yeah, and they have different... Think. They have different approaches to it, especially in Voyager. I have, mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about Voyager. Cool. <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> but, yeah, I, like, I'm super curious. I Maybe Enterprise tackles more of this, because, like, that's one of their first big interactions with the Vulcans is like they, mm. it's the first like Vulcan crewmate or whatever yeah, right yeah 
And so I'm wondering, like, how much did they help Earth, like, get their shit together? Were they super ahead of us? Like, I don't, I assume so. Yeah, I mean, they go into the history where, like, they figure out warp technology and the first Vulcan lands on Earth and Mm. is like, hi, I'm a Vulcan. And, you know, it's, like, kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, it's, uh, yeah, they give them a lot of stuff. You know, they basically open them up to the idea that there are other you know, species living around them, you know, mm-hmm. opens their eyes to greater community or whatever. Okay. I think that was a big step. They may have, they may have even shared replicator technology. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Because I, I thought warp, I thought like we had gotten to warp by ourselves. Yeah, that we, was... We being humans. That was, <laughs> funny enough, the, that was the Vulcan's prime directive, is like they can't oh. interfere until someone figures out warp for themselves. And that's why they landed in Oh, interesting. That's really cool. Okay. Let's get into Prime Directive stuff. Perfect. (laughs) Good segue. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry if this conversation has been confusing. Because we haven't really been explaining anything. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Um, But Warp is basically their their technology to go really fast, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. I don't know the conversion rate and I'm not going to look it up. Very it's like, fast. It's way faster than light speed. Like yeah. in the next generation they're going like nine times <laughs> light speed, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, replicators, I think that one's pretty obvious that it makes a thing for you. Uh-huh. It's yeah, like your yeah. microwave, but you don't put anything. You just press buttons and it serves you. Yeah, most yeah. of the time it's food, but yeah, like we talk, said, you can make instruments you can make mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff with it and you have like industrial scale ones that like planet yeah. side and stuff presumably ship anything. parts and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, construction materials people like clothes and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. kind of just whatever you want but we're going to talk about the prime director now so yes. that is it's this rule that apparently originated in the original series like about halfway through this when they started playing with it uh-huh. maybe like two or three seasons in it is the idea that like they cannot interfere with any planet that like doesn't have technology like they they can't what is the official rule do you have a pull up yeah you look like you're doing it (laughs) starfleet general order one oh here we go uh the prime directive prohibits starfleet personnel and spacecraft from interfering in the normal development of any society and mandates that any starfleet vessel or crew member is expendable to prevent violation of this rule Damn, I wow. didn't know the expendable part. It's hardcore. The <laughs> hilarious thing to me is that a lot of captains treat it like a guideline. Yes. Like, whenever it's convenient for them. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Every captain has their own, like, special flavor when it comes to it. Like, Kirk shits on that thing. Oh he my does God, he's not care. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, whatever. Yeah. This girl is hot and I want to save her. <laughs> We're doing it. We're going in. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's the worst about it, I think. <laughs> They treat it super differently, not even, I think, just captain to captain, but I think episode to episode. Like, even within Next Generation, they're like, okay, fine, we'll save her, you know, or we'll save this planet, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Or, like, covertly give them some resource, you know, and Mm -hmm. not, we're we're not interfering with the Prime Directive if we don't tell them, you know? (laughs) It's like some weird gray area. Loopholes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't look like that's actually the official thing it says the actual directive has never been provided to viewers of course this is just the yeah. most complete attempt to define it based on all the stuff you know but. okay okay all right original series i i always like to look at the captain as like what what they value most in each series and mm-hmm. like i mean this is fucking cowboys in space guys absolutely <laughs> the original one at least yeah right? original yeah. series mm-hmm. cowboys in space in my yes. opinion yeah. agreed just, just very rugged individualist explorers. Mm-hmm. The, the running joke is, 
you have McCoy, who is like emotions guy, and you have Spock, who is logic guy, mm-hmm. and Kirk is the perfect in between, and like that's why he's so cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, I get that's you're totally right. I, I see in that series uh, the few episodes I have seen. It's, like, really obsessed with, like, competence and control over their own environment. Mm, Like, whenever they, like, see a new thing, they're like, oh, we understand it. Like, let's go do the thing. And then they inevitably get into some trouble. And that's, like, the horrifying thing to the series is, like, that it's, like, out of control. And it's this new thing we don't understand. Mm. And I don't know. At least that's... That's a great point. Thank you. I I mean, it's, like, the 60s. So that makes sense to me. Like, a very... Mm -hmm. Like a fear of not technology, but like I mean the atom bomb. That's how I'm interpreting it. Mm. Do you think oh, that was it? Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I one of the funny things that I ran across years ago. I got into Doctor Who. I guess the that series started right around the same year that the original Star Trek started. Oh, okay. So it was like uh, 62 or 63. Like mm-hmm. they started within a year of each other or something. And. To me, I always thought it was kind of funny uh, looking at how each one started off because it was like a British view of like what it's like in space and like an American view of what it's like in space. Oh. Yeah. And like in Doctor Who, it's this like crazy old guy in a phone box. And, <laughs> and in Star Trek, it's like military in space. That's kinda. a great point. Yeah. So I was like, man, that's funny. Like they're just trying to like play to the markets or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like how would we conceive of ourselves being in space yeah. except for through the military? That's, exactly. That's a good point. Well, I was reading a little bit about like, the history of sci-fi in general, and like it has a really strong background in Russia, actually, like mm-hmm. in the Soviet Union. That was a super popular thing to write about. Yeah. And I think that's really telling of like they're reaching this point where they have a little more faith in like their possibility of survival and now they can like start to think beyond. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, like obviously the Cold War gets portrayed and very much was about like power and violence and all that, but like if you take away <laughs> the imperialism from it, it could be this very like ambitious and cool thing. Yeah, if it wasn't two societies like trying to kill each other yeah so if it were just like everybody gets together let's figure out how to get to space like that'd be cool the space race would be cool in that regard you know but that's interesting this idea of them getting overwhelmed in various situations they think Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go in here i know what's up oh no now i'm just trying to survive (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so the the thing that this brings to mind for me is if you look at the time of the original series 1966 to 1969 we're just starting to get knocked off of our hubris of imperial, like we can do everything everywhere in the world. Yeah. We can be everywhere, we'll win every war, uh-huh. we'll do everything we want. That's and a great point. we're just getting, we're, we're escalating still in Vietnam at that time. Yeah. Right? And we still think we can do it. Mm-hmm. We still think this is, you know, we've got the mission, <laughs> we know how. And we're starting to see, and you know, this doubt is starting to creep in. Like maybe we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea what we're doing here. Because in my opinion, the best episodes of the original series is when like Kirk doesn't get his way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. There's this one episode. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was one of the like time travelly ones where he falls in love with some girl from the past or whatever, and he has to let her die. And, oh, like, geez. it was actually a really emotionally impactful episode. I'm like, that worked because, like, you had to let go of the idea of winning. Mm. And, that, and like, his whole character is just bravado. And so, like, that, I think that's why it worked. Yeah, totally. yeah, for real. Um, those are really good points, y'all. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I found out that Gene Roddenberry apparently wrote to Isaac Asimov. They were like pen pals. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's the guy who wrote like iRobot and what else did he write? Um, the Foundation series. Mm, Foundation. Oh, I keep um, hearing about that. They're trying to make movies or something. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I saw yeah. like an ad for one. So yeah, apparently they were like BFFs and they were pen pals. But it was funny because at one point, like there was an interview with, with Isaac Asimov. He like... I guess he like roundabout way like kind of made fun of Star Trek and he's like no we're actually friends like I can say that you know <laughs> that's awesome but I just I really like the idea of a, of a sci-fi tradition being something like kind of aspirational like it, it is such a larger goal I feel like yeah it's cooler I think it's harder to do than to do a dystopian approach because that's easy <laughs> you just take the world and yeah. transpose it into space like, yeah. keep running with what's already happening you really have to imagine a very different future to do a more utopian take you know Definitely. yeah another thing about original series is again because of the time period it was pretty groundbreaking in terms of like showing gender and race yeah uhura was a super competent black woman and like people could see the show and just be like oh she's just a secretary it's like no she's the communications person she knows like a million languages she's like super smart mm-hmm. yeah and there were kind of secretaries on that show and she mm-hmm. wasn't one of them yeah so that's yeah. pretty cool i guess mm-hmm. i mean she had not, like a rank yeah. i think yeah definitely <laughs> i don't remember what her rank was but yeah she's she's a bridge officer so mm-hmm. like doing all right it's credited with the first like interracial kiss on screen but apparently like some other show did it first but like it was one of the first ones and it was a big deal that's yeah cool. people got mad about it yeah. yeah i mean there was mind control involved which is also not great <laughs> it was oh, one man. of those episodes <laughs> Um, they, they love a horny alien mind control episode. Like that is always a theme with these guys. <laughs> it's like I might like to imagine their writers' room is having like a whiteboard where they're like, "Here's our backup ideas: <laughs> like mm-hmm. body swap, horny alien mind control, <laughs> yeah. uh, surrogate child." That's there's always one. Someone <laughs> someone has to take care of a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, do you guys have anything new this week? Uh, let's just do one of the. <laughs> let's go to the, the board. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I want to give it credit for that. Like that was that was pretty cool. Which one is the one that had the guy in the skirt? Do y'all remember that? Uh, yeah, it's that was, next gen. Was yeah. that next gen? Yeah. Okay. In the first episode or something? Thanks. At least that's what I remember. It's really early on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they stopped doing it. Cowards. I know. <laughs> and they just showed like a shot of him like far off. Yeah, it wasn't he's just like walking in the hall. Yeah. It wasn't like a character. Or yeah. <laughs> cool though. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's cool. get to next generation though. Spe- speaking of which, <laughs> ethos wise, I feel like this is all about. Again, hyper-competent people. Mm-hmm. And really, I was thinking, if you take away the technobabble, it's, it really just is human stories. It is really just like, let's look at this interesting crew of people, for the most part. Yeah. Every now and then they get into like larger storylines, but a lot of times it's like very character-driven. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I really thought a main theme for The Next Generation was um, exploration mm-hmm. and enlightenment. Uh, bargaining with like a flawed human past. Mm. And or at least it's presented as that. And the undertone for me is that it's really they're still bargaining with that in their present. Like they're reckoning with it. Yeah, but okay. they like think they're better. Ooh, There's okay. all these like Q episodes where they're like on oh. trial, yes. you know. Yes. And he's like, "Look at all the stuff you did in the past." And they're like, "No, we're we're better. We're than better. That. We've grown past that." And he's like, "But look at what you're doing still," and oh, just kind of yeah. like rubbing it in their faces. And that's a great point. I love Q. He's so <laughs> funny. He's the worst, but I love him so much. Uh, is he in love with Picard? Yes or no? I think yes. 
Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, sure. It, he's in, obsessed with him. Whatever <laughs> capacity his people can love. Yeah. He's definitely. Yeah. I'd ship. He's obsessed ship. with him. Yeah. Yeah, he is obsessed either way. Whether or not that's romantic, I don't know. But yeah. Absolutely obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely see that though about reckoning like with our past like when they encounter a culture who is not living up to their standards they're very judgy about it oh yeah and it's mm-hmm. like bro like you were doing that too like a few hundred years ago like what are we like timeline wise i think we're like at what 2300 i think is, I think is around 2300 yeah point. yeah yes, i yes. heard a star date recently <laughs> <laughs> i hate the start i feel like that's just another way to obfuscate like Specifics. Yeah. It's just giving a fake date. Mm-hmm. It is confusing. Because otherwise you'd be constantly thinking, okay, we're only a few hundred years from this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are very judgy. Like when they run into, I'm thinking of like the, the terrorist episode. Mm. That one is, that's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into that episode. That is season three, episode 12, The High Ground. And basic summary, they go to this planet where two factions are fighting and one side is labeled as like a terrorist side mm. and they're they're blowing shit up like they that's how like we open really is like a terrorist attack and so the crew kind of splits dr crusher gets taken hostage by the terrorists mm. the the rest of the crew is looking for her and Riker is helping the police of the planet. Yeah, that police yes. officer. working with the cops. Oh, <laughs> She's I know. the worst. I know. And Crusher discovers the terrorists are using this like mini teleporter device that is giving them basically like cancer or something, or it's it's destroying their their structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's mega I just, cancer. I loved it because it was like, oh, it's just disrupting their DNA. It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> they, There's no problem with that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> their eyes just keep changing colors. <laughs> this should be fine. Not a problem. This is, I think, one of their most heavy-handed political episodes, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at least. I don't know. That's why I chose it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're super, like you said, they're super judgy about the use of political violence. And I think the guy that Crusher, you know, has to interact with mm-hmm. kind of does a, a decent job in as much as they, I guess they were allowed to or that they wanted to. Does a decent job of kind of justifying himself and saying, oh, look, this, these are the means that we have, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do a decent job of humanizing him overall. Yeah, for sure. I, Crusher gets a crush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> I think they're good at, like, pulling the heartstrings a bit, you mm-hmm. know, and making you, like, kind of have a stake in both sides and go, oh, no, which which one is right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. kind of, I feel like that's the purpose of the episode in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we also see it from, like, the police chief's point of view. And she's like, well, they blew up a, a, the classic school yeah. bus full of children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then we learn that they thought it was supposed to be carrying, like, weapons or something. Like, that was supposed to be a tactical target, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be, like, children. I mean, they're the IRA, is what this is. It really is. This is the IRA, guys. Yeah. And I think that, uh, ultimately, the show kind of where they arrive at it with this conflict is kind of like a pretty liberal pretty sort of outcome of just sort of we shouldn't do violence you know mm-hmm. like this is bad <laughs> yeah it does turn into um, that which is great if things go you know if if, if that actually settles things in your mm-hmm. favor uh, but if, if things are sh- still shitty for your people and stuff like that's not always an option no yeah did they ever establish why like the terrorists like split or whatever like I, I understood there was like big police brutality happening, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell if that was like in response to them trying to be independent or not. 
Was it just yeah. an independence I, movement I thing? I think I'm. I, I may be wrong on this, but I could have sworn I heard them say self determination or something. They yeah. wanted self determination, and that was mm-hmm. like one of the reasons, I guess, that they're like not allowed or. Maybe they thought that they didn't deserve self-determination or something. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like a Civil War thing, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I think they're really heavy-handed in, like, the terrorists are killing themselves. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're yeah. literally killing themselves yeah. with, like, oh, the weapon, the transporter. Yeah. And it was very much like, see, like, violence is bad. I found this note about replicators. Ooh, okay. A replicator can create any inanimate matter as long as the desired molecular structure is on file. But it cannot create antimatter, dilithium, or latinum. Those are like the things they need the most. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. Convenient. Yes, yeah, very. right? That's a, that's a writer trick if I ever heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to terrorism. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I see that as another attempt to pull at heartstrings, kind of. They're like, look, like you might think what they're doing is good, but really they're hurting themselves doing it. Mm-hmm. And... and I also thought it was hilarious. Like one of, it seemed another point to try to get you to believe in them is like when the guy's really good at drawing. Yeah, I and thought I'm that like, was, yeah. I was like, okay, I guess that's trying to humanize him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, he just drew a picture of her. Like, what's the... She's like, but look, he draws. Yeah. He'd be yeah. so good if he wasn't a terrorist. He's, yeah, he's worthy of life and yeah. humane treatment because he has a... Yeah, drawing draw. skills, like, really? <laughs> he's know. a real yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that he does, like, kind of have a crush on, on Crusher. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> like, it, it is very much, like, desperately trying to portray these people as, as, as people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it totally works. Like, I think the kid angle is also super heavy-handed. Like, yeah. it doesn't like the kid at the end like end up shooting somebody. And it's like, oh, he did his first kill. Like, <laughs> he, he, or he almost shoots them. Yeah, there's a point where he's like holding a gun and they like get talk him down. He's okay, like the okay. last person on that side with a gun. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hold up or okay. whatever. So he wasn't his first kill. Yeah, we gotta wait. Like, look, the children are okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> it's like we're stopping this cycle. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, when you look at it, this is really just like this this group wants independence and this this police state won't let them. Like yeah. that's not great. Uh they do mention though that we don't have that long to wait until uh Ireland is reunified. That's right. Great news listeners. Yeah. How long we got? Twenty twenty four. Wow, that's yeah. very soon. Next Two election years. cycle, y'all. It's Almost gonna soon. happen. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh they didn't explain, but <laughs> There you go. It's one of our rare Earth timeline references. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty uh, great. The episode was not originally shown by the BBC in Ooh, the United Kingdom. That's super Too telling. Spicy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very like thinly veiled, thinly veiled to the point where they referenced Ireland. So like, yeah. Yeah, it was that thinly veiled. <laughs> I just love thinly that veiled. data. Data in trying to like be a human is like, wait, but does a revolution work? Mm-hmm. Like, look at all these oh, instances, yeah. and and Picard just goes, yeah, you know, it's a, it's something we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> like, it's like some like yeah, lukewarm yeah, take. Like, yeah, no answer for it. Really. Yeah, he's just like, don't think about that too much. <laughs> yeah, he really did. I love that uh, Data is treated that way a lot when he's like just trying to be a human. That's like mm-hmm. his like main thing he's obsessed with. And anytime he asks like a really deep question that like throws everyone for the for a loop, they're like. That's just 
what being a human is about <laughs> is that you just don't know stuff sometimes, you know? It's yeah. like a very parent answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love Data. Like He's so fun. Data is very, like, transhumanist. Like, he, he is just, like, he is a next step of some sort of species. And I think his quest for humanity is really cute. And... Mm-hmm. And also kind of flawed. Like, I'm always like, why do you want to be human? Like, you're cool. Like, I don't yeah. know. We're not that great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a look. Like, come on. You could do better. <laughs> the next episode we want to talk about in The Next Generation is Season 1, Episode 26. This is actually finale, which I thought was weird. Oh. Yeah. Um, called The Neutral Zone. This one's really funny to me. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so they find a floating, like, satellite thing, and it turns out to be from ancient Earth. Doesn't even have automatic doors. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worf is like confused. <laughs> he like, tries to walk into the door, <laughs> and then he's like about to shoot it. And he's like, "No, Wait, hold on, yeah." There's a handle. The handle. Yeah. I'm like, really? We don't have handles, guys. Like, I also thought about that. Like, in terms of just living on a ship, I'm like, oh, yeah. I think I would still want a door handle sometimes, just like, in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't you want a backup system? Like, whatever. No, you just gotta say enter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Also, that beep thing they used yeah. to, like, their doorbell. Or whatever. That's not loud enough. That's I would sleep cool. straight through that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, they find this abandoned floating space thingy, and it has uh, these, like, cryo-frozen people. Mm-hmm. And only two of them, or three of them, are left alive. The rest of the people have, I guess, gotten their environments exposed. So they, they end up transporting these people because they're like, well, we don't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they took them out. There's a B plot about like the Romulans, but I don't really care about that. Do you guys That's care right. about that? Um, no, not really. No, <laughs> it's a war I mean, storyline. In in that like it's just like sort of a thing they reference along the way that that the people from the past are like, oh, I know what's going on. I know what's, you know, they're like, yeah. that sounds bad. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. like, I think that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, they're automatically aggressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they un- unfreeze these people and basically just have to explain what life is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Picard initially is just annoyed. He's like, oh, keep he's them out of my so way. so grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were a and nuisance. They are. And it seems like, the only one like actually fascinated with their point of view is Data, mm-hmm. and everyone else is just kind of like annoyed and puzzled. Yeah, They're just like why would they think that? And yeah. they like yeah. look down on them in a shitty way. Yeah. Like they think it's fucking hilarious, and I'm like. To the point where they're kind of incompetent. Like, they wake up the lady with Worf right there. I'm like, That's come right. on, guys. Worst decision ever. Yeah. yeah, she faints yeah. upon seeing him. Like, I thought you guys were smart. Come on. Yeah, you have to know where they're coming from. Like, that they didn't know about aliens and everything like that at that point, right? Yeah. So, that would just be basic. Yeah, like, Data definitely has the most empathy for them. Mm. Like, everyone else is just, like, mildly amused or annoyed. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of obstructing of everything they're just kind of in the way that one guy is they are they don't even know it they're just like my only power is like being annoying and like getting the manager or whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) that guy is a Karen (laughs) oh my god he made me laugh so much oh my gosh okay so yeah there's three like passengers so these Mm -hmm. these people from the past passengers (laughs) so there's a lady who um, her husband froze her after she died, so she didn't even want this, which I yeah. think that's super fucked <laughs> it's up. It's so fucked up. I'd be so pissed. That's the importance of having a will. Yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> make sure your spouse knows whether or not you're into cryotechnology. <laughs> <laughs> that should be day one. Yeah. 
Um, That's an interesting day one conversation <laughs> to have. But. They're all also, except for her, they're all like, uh, the other two guys rather, are just like, oh, hey, like, they're like validated. Like, my, my investment worked because yeah. like I survived. Yeah. Yeah. Know? That was their goal. I'm like, and she's what? like, oh, fuck. Yeah, she's like, I don't really want to be here. Like, yeah. So the other guy is like a musician, like a country musician. Mm-hmm. He's funny. That guy's cool. That guy's he references cool. The, the boob tube. The boob yeah. tube. He's a big baseball fan. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And then the other guys are our little capitalists. He is. He's obsessed with stocks, and he mentions the Wall Street Journal yeah, and his bank. Them. And he's like, he's like very dignified about how he's provided for himself. Oh, and yeah. And that he's going to be okay because of that. Yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking proud. <laughs> and it's such a big deal for him. Like, you you know, yes, you may have this conflict going on, but you may not know this. But I am. I'm very so, important. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, we learned that TV didn't last much beyond 2040. What the fuck? I have only 20 done, years yeah. left of TV? <laughs> Y'all, we're going to have to binge. Yeah, all the I'm gonna, stuff that they created. I'm gonna watch all of Star Trek multiple times <laughs> so, so I can keep remembering it. <laughs> what are they gonna do with like yeah. live sports? Or, you know, they didn't think about that. That made me wonder, like, what do these guys do for fun? Is it just all holodecks? Yeah, that was a funny thing they didn't really get into. I kind of wanted them to show them the holodeck. But, like, Ooh, everyone's yeah. just kind of silent when they're talking about how TV doesn't exist, like they don't have entertainment. Right. But yeah. holodeck is basically, like, games and TV all tied up That's together. That's true, yeah. yeah. You could just be like, I want to watch a Shakespeare play yeah. in Elizabethan But England. I'll be one of the characters. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Like, I want to be at this World Series or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, That'd be could, crazy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I, I was like, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does make it seem Because, drab. okay, what if you do just, what if you're physically tired? I don't want to go to the holodeck and, like, go play an adventure. Like, right, I, what yeah. if I just want to watch a holodeck? Yeah, yeah. This The, the kind of country musician guy is like, you don't drink and you ain't got no TV. <laughs> Must be kind of boring. And then the crew, like, exchanges these smug glances <laughs> like, oh, little do you know, we're never bored. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, really, in the series, all we ever see them do is, they do drink, they go to the bar, but they have synth hall, which is, like, you can kind of, you won't get drunk. Which I'm yeah. like, why are, you, why are you drinking? But, okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that makes me sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I understand drinking for the taste of things. Like, yeah. that's convenient. But sure, I, yeah. I would want both, mm-hmm. you know? The, the option. Yes, the option. Yeah. So they only do that. They play, like, that weird multi-tiered chess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they play instruments. That's they, right. And theater. They do theater uh-huh. sometimes. They have some other games, but they're very cerebral. They have yeah. that one where, like, he plays that grandmaster oh, with yeah. the fingers. Oh. Strategio, basically, yeah. but but super strategio. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they have things like that, but they don't have any, like, just kick back, relax, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's binge. all very intellectual stuff. Yeah. They read. They read. Again, intellectual. It's like, it's like a board game family, you know? Yeah, it's a board game family. <laughs> no TVs on the spaceship. Right. <laughs> Daddy Picard says so. Everyone has to play an instrument so we can all play in a symphony together. He would totally do that, though. They have the terminals, and the terminals could essentially show you videos. They, they do, do watch videos, right? yeah. and like security footage, uh-huh. so they have to have regular-ass TV in, yeah. of some form. Maybe they just don't call it that. It's just yeah. not like, it's not so it's not an advertisement-based, mm-hmm. uh, mm. broadcast, general audience stuff. It's not yeah. TV as they would have considered it in the 80s and the early 90s. Like, it's, I don't know, it's more akin to the internet that we have now. Yeah, is yeah. it just all YouTube? Yeah. I just, it makes me wonder about Star Trek propaganda. Like, do they have anything mm. that's adjacent to ads or propaganda? Mm-hmm. You know, that. Like, the Federation has to recruit. PSAs? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Probably, yeah. At they, least PSA. It's like you still need almost. to get news out there and stuff to people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah, they don't really get into media at all. It's like You probably have educational programming, too. Mm-hmm. So. Sounds good. Yeah. They, I think okay. they do. Like, they show, like, I mean, they show, like, their school. So yeah. I imagine they watch some sort of video at some point. What a novel idea. Just teach you things through school instead <laughs> of the media. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, they have, like, news bulletins in terms of, like, the Federation will be like, oh, they sent us an update about whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't have any, like, news networks. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Okay. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they know. couldn't critique it, it because it was on a news network. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not corporate, so. Yeah. Don't say that we get abolished in 2030-something. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. Um, I just had a note that I would have a hard time not spilling the beans all at once to these characters that don't know anything about the world. Yeah. But, like, probably because of exposition, all the characters are like, Haha, it's a secret, like, the whole time, <laughs> like, not really saying what's going on. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was weird. Like, yeah. they didn't ever... They, to- they showed the moment where they told them, like, here's what year it is. But they never were like, okay, here's the technology we have. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what happened. They never do that. Yeah. There's a couple moments where it's like Picard is just saying the whole idea of the series to these people. Yeah. Which I thought was so cool. Um, he said, um, we're no longer obsessed with the accumul- accumulation of things. Mm. Uh, we've eliminated hunger, want, need for possessions, and grown out of our infancy. And I just, I thought that was so condescending. <laughs> I thought, was very condescending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of closed-minded and who constitutes we? What about planets outside the Federation? Mm. Mm. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. Cause, okay, I thought like, oh, that quote's rad. <laughs> yeah, right? Because <laughs> it, is, it is rad when you think of it in terms of like, yeah, the, the Earth, like, good job, Earth, you did yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That does leave out a lot of people. Yeah, if we, if we start calling planets, like, countries... You know, there's still an, a, like a bunch of oppressed planets, or mm-hmm. you know, that don't have technology, or can't get their politics together enough to join the Federation. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. I don't That's know. true. And like, I don't. It, it's an interesting question in terms of like the Prime Directive. Like, is do you have a responsibility to try to like help those countries, or then mm-hmm. you just like being kind of imperialist and interfering? Like, I don't know. Like, to me, the Prime Directive not so much in this series, but definitely in Voyager, becomes an excuse to not help people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, so there's this little exchange, like, this guy is, like, totally being a Karen or whatever. And they're, <laughs> they're in the um, briefing room or whatever and having this important meeting about the Romulans, and this guy comes over the intercom. Yeah. I'd love to talk to the captain. And uh-huh. he find, he Picard just pops into the room. It's like, I'm here. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and they start just having this argument about what's going on basically and Picard's like you know he says all this condescending stuff and then this guy's like oh it's it's not about possessions it's about power to control your life and destiny and Picard goes that kind of control is an illusion mm. and then this guy's like no I should be dead like I did it you know mm, I, yeah. I like wielded that control to like live 400 years later or whatever uh-huh. I loved Picard's compartmentalization here because as soon as like he walks past Troy, or he he like pages her as he's walking mm. out, and he's like, "Will you get these people under control? <laughs> we yeah. cannot afford this continuing distraction." And he's literally trying to control his life and destiny in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great it's point. So weird. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's it's like different forms of control. Like this guy from the past sees control as money and, and power, yeah. and like that's that's how you get things done. 
But, I mean, yeah, you're right. Picard is kind of a control freak, especially in this episode. I don't know what he's got up his butt this episode, but he's very particularly cranky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess he's freaked out about the Romulans, but still. Yeah, it's probably that. I also, I think it's funny because he hates kids and he's maybe seeing these people as children. You know? yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. just can't, like, pay attention. Because, I mean, kids are selfish. Like, yeah. they kind of are little capitalists in ways. <laughs> Yeah, they're tyrants, at least. They're wannabe tyrants. They do. I just hung out with my nephew yesterday, so I can confirm. Yeah, they're still trying to make their will dominate everything. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm still thinking about this This idea, you know, comes from the quote of our infancy, right? Mm. And that's do we Marx. think that's a good or a bad thing? Like, because you mentioned, you know, we're leaving out these other... These other countries or planets right that they don't they're not to that stage yet mm-hmm. you're right that it's like you know it's uh marx and engels talking about like hu- humans reaching their their final stage we're no longer about the struggle for survival but we are you know trying to realize ourselves that's essentially what he's saying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just so, you read some marks so yeah. we can agree <laughs> um the prime directive is then set up to sort of wall that off or to not artificially spread that to other places, but is that necessarily a good thing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Like, they... I guess I don't understand the benefit of the Prime Directive. Again, I keep jumping ahead to Voyager. I think it's because that's what I watched most recently. Uh Mm -hmm. But they use it a lot in terms of, like, we don't want to disrupt the power balance in this area. Yeah. But I'm like, if you gave everyone replicators, then it wouldn't be disrupting the power balance. And I'm like, I don't understand it in terms of next generation because you're not, because they're in, like, a whole new quadrant. Yeah. Whereas next gen, like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just be like, hey, we're we're aliens. Here's what's up. Here's technology that's going to make everyone, like, happier. What, what, what could possibly backfire from that? <laughs> Are they worried that they're going to be like evil and like try to fight you or something with their new technology? Well, I mean, a number of things go wrong in some episodes they explore. Like, sometimes a, a common theme, I think, when they talk about the Prime Directive and going to some primitive culture is that they'll think they're gods. Oh, that does happen a lot. And like, <laughs> or like there's some other people who are advanced who are pretending to be gods in this mm. primitive culture mm. and they're like having to think like, Oh God, we want to interfere and help because this other these other people are interfering. But then they're going to think we're gods too, yeah. And it'll put us <laughs> in that situation, you know. That yeah, that's true. That happens in original series a lot too. I think yeah, yeah. yeah there's some there's a computer technically running them or something. Mm-hmm. But okay, so maybe the point there is that you may think that you figured out a way to help. Yeah, that actually fucks things up. And they're trying to avoid that. It's uh, okay. So, like the you know, you're writing this series in from 1987 to 1994. Mm-hmm. You're still in the early part, still in the Cold War, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. merging into the unipolar world of America, completely dominant of uh, you know the sole remaining superpower. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff we could do, like we could start. Why don't we just start fixing all the problems? It's just <laughs> us, you know, like. <laughs> Who's going to say no? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but maybe you don't know. Like, maybe you'll do it wrong. Maybe you'll mess up. And look yeah. at us doing it wrong well, we, so many times. We do do that. <laughs> but I, I don't mean in terms of like, well, let's fucking occupy a planet. Like, yeah. I, I think there's a difference between like the United States doing that and the Federation doing that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, like yeah. yeah, we we're just going to like 
try to convert everyone to Christianity and stuff and like give them democracy and aggressive democracy and things like that that whatever yeah but like in terms like this is just purely material or I I guess you could make the argument like well then they could just replicate a bunch of guns and kill whoever they don't like on the planet Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that would be one you know one I guess possibility if you just hand out replicators (laughs) is cool let's put this on assault rifle mode and (laughs) go And maybe that was a concern of that they were alluding to, mm-hmm. as well as uh, we'll arm the good guys, but then yeah, we'll also arm the bad guys, and then who's even the good or the bad side, and mm-hmm. all this. So. Which we've maybe. run into quite a bit, yeah, um, yeah, in past and lately it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guess it is kind of paternalistic to be like, oh, let me go save everybody, but yeah. like, I, I guess I I get when they don't interfere with cultures that are like super like undeveloped like you know if they're still like kind of caveman days or something mm-hmm. like well, yeah don't do that that's probably not a good call like <laughs> <laughs> but even like they they showed they show societies where they still have some technology like they're working on computers they just don't have warp or they just don't have replicators they don't have whatever mm-hmm. like to me i'm like that doesn't I, surely they could handle that like i don't know I, I guess i just don't know what the the criteria is it's hard for me to see the federation as different than us mm-hmm. like kind of thinking we have control over mm-hmm. or like understanding of things yeah they, they go into it thinking oh we, we must see all of this and but, but they also have this like weird high horse where they think that because they understand things like warp drive and got to it themselves that they are more evolved yeah and that this other culture who hasn't figured that out on their own wouldn't be able to mentally handle like other aliens and stuff yeah yeah I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's telling that the Vulcan's prime directive is is warp drive. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, oh, because they do value intellectualism so much, that is what, that's what they would see as, as progress. They're smart enough to... Yeah, they don't care if you're, like, a Nazi who figured out warp drive. They're like, what's up? <laughs> Hello. Oh <my> <laughs> Welcome. True. There are multiple Nazi planets, like, in terms of storylines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another point to kind of explore about that is so what is the main we had the prime directive Mm -hmm. what is the point of that or what is the main mission or the primary thing that they want to accomplish like is it just straight up exploring like let's go see things i think so because i mean that's like what the the opening theme or whatever what is it called it's not a song to uh oh yeah the 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 line that he says over the opening theme opening credits or whatever yeah Yeah. to explore and to seek out new life forms see so they're seeking that's fucked up you're you're seeking out new life forms and then saying well i'm not going to help you i just want to look at you sorry you're not smart enough (laughs) yeah that's what i'm asking is like you want to see how things naturally develop in all these different societies but like look at it as you're looking at animals in a zoo or something or in their wildlife and then using that technology to help yourself like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's episodes about that. We're like, wow, look at this animal that is also a ship. Like, what can we learn from that? Mm-hmm. And like, they they do that several times. So it's it's a little bit. I mean, it's not extractive in the traditional sense, but yeah. it's a little bit exploitative. Well, they're they're going out there in their own interest. You know, they it's are. like they're they're trying to be altruistic. Like, we'll help you if you meet these criteria. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we're they're probably also looking for technology mm-hmm. and probably some resources in some cases. You know, it's very like. They still have mining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, not human, I guess, but whatever centric, like, Federation centric, I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. whoever's in that. 
that's who matters more. So it's not like you're going to just wipe out the other planets or something, yeah. Yeah. but you're not so concerned with if they have to go through their own terrible things like like these guys do in their past with like the the super soldier world war three thing yeah 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 the the drugged up warriors yeah (laughs) Yeah. like if they have to go through all that you know in their phases of development like that's just how it is whereas you would think there's got to be some way you could help them avoid that I mean, I don't know, because I, I keep trying to think, like, what would be a, a middle ground here? And I'm like, well, could you give them replicators that could only replicate, like, food? And, you know, there's no way to do weapons. And, like, that seems it's really... So totalitarian. Yeah, weird. that seems yeah. super patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, could you say, like, hey, there's this awesome world, but, like, you got to get your shit together. That's also super patronizing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe that, maybe Maybe it's just too complicated of a question... Both for the writers and in fiction. Yeah, yeah, they may not have intended to raise this question, but we're kind of talking about if we're again drawing a line back to us. <laughs> yeah. Then we're saying like these are the perils of being a global hegemon. You know, like mm-hmm. you, the perils of imperialism is you're going to just mess stuff up instead of yeah do what you want to do. I mean, that really I is mean, a lot of what the show's conflicts are. So definitely, we, we fucked up, guys. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, at least they had the best of intentions. We yeah. don't, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not openly trying. I mean, they they are kind of, like we said, extracting, but it, it's mm-hmm. not as violent, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like they're trying to acquire allies, you know, mm-hmm. and bring them into the whole, almost like a like a Borg thing. Oh, to draw, Borg. name drop something. <laughs> <laughs> the Borg are so fucked. Like, what do you think that is a metaphor for? You think it's communism? I thought it was. Yeah, it's hard not to see that, you know, this like weird horror of losing individuality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're very obsessed with that part. And like, yeah. honestly, the Borg, I mean, they're bad. Like, they do bad they're things. Bad. Yeah. But they have some like common sense, like approaches to things that you're just like, okay, I mean, their ship, you know, it's got all these redundant like systems and you can blast away part of it and it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Their bodies are like that too. Yeah, exactly. and you can tune in and like neural network thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool, even though obviously they're the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, well, yeah I kind of like them. <laughs> they're they're kind of cool. I mean, Voyager later in some later seasons gets into uh, Seven of Nine being a yeah. character mm-hmm. and she was turned into a Borg as a child, so she has all these like comforts associated with it. Like, um, just the feeling of having more voices in your head, yeah, and like a community mind. almost, yeah, mm-hmm. and just having a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like not having to worry about individuality, really, right. and having yeah. a name. She's like, I'll give you my designation, I don't really have a name, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, they do that in, in Next Gen, too, with uh, with Hugh. They, they, like, find a Borg, and oh, yeah. and then they basically accidentally teach him individuality because they, <laughs> they cut him off from the hive mind. Yeah. And he ends up saying a sentence with I, and they're like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and it, it gets... It's really interesting because they then they have this moral dilemma of, well, we could program this guy with a virus and, like, destroy the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> they almost do that. They come real close to genocide, guys. Like... Very, very close. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a weird, like, thread in the Bork stuff that it's, like, this natural force. Mm-hmm. That it's not, like, people making decisions. It's, like, this force of technology and almost, like, nature mm-hmm. yeah. that, like, had to happen and is, like, working by itself. Yeah, because their whole thing is tech and humans combined yeah what was the first board was it just like a cyborg guy like i'm i'm sure there's some literature out there about it i don't know it confusing i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I just don't understand 
because it is treated like a natural phenomenon. Like they're like, yeah, you got to assimilate. There's no yes or no about it. It just is. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, their whole goal is is to bring more people to the Borg. Uh-huh. That's so. Yeah, they're probably trying to make it the Soviet Union. That's yeah. <laughs> I think so too. They're saying, and that angle specifically is historical material, dialectical materialism, is it's just going to like move in a direction. It's inevitable. We're mm-hmm. not. We have scientifically figured out how societies work and things and and you know this sorry is, but communism is going to win and <laughs> this is the most efficient even if it seems horrible it, it is what has to happen yeah and it's we're, we're going to you know we have a purpose it's this and you can't resist resistance is futile right yeah well, there yeah you go. obviously those are caricatured versions of <laughs> what, was, what the really you know what the real situation was but I'm going to become a Borg apologist now. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love the Borg. I mean, Seven of Nine is very hot, so. Yeah. But the Borg, I think they're presented, you know, this is like the classic uh, myths of communism kills, you know, this many bajillion people and is mm-hmm. just, you know, looking to stomp your face in. Like, that's, yeah. that's what they're kind of... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think in contrast with Next Generation's crew, like the Enterprise crew, rather, it's all super diverse and very they're very individualistic mm-hmm. in some ways in a lot of ways like everyone can kind of do everything like sometimes yeah. like sometimes people know like i'm like why do you know how to fly this thing <laughs> that's not yeah. your job yeah um like but they really focus on on individuals like it's like i said very character driven mm-hmm. and it's very diverse like you have you have Worf, you have troy like you have like different people and like that i feel like is kind of their ethos of like mm-hmm. look at all these really Hyper competent, different people working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do y'all think about individuality as it relates to socialism and communism? I think you can still totally have it. I think it's. I don't. I think it's not like a either or. I think it's like a yes and. I totally agree with that. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yeah. Like it's it's like I'm still me. I still am into like fucking Star Trek and whatever I'm into, <laughs> but I am part of a larger goal. And I think the larger goal, <clears throat> the communal aspect of it, enables you to better pursue your individuality, right? I think that's the goal. I yeah. agree. Like that's you're, so cool. You're organizing society collectively and everything like this, and we're working together and doing all that. And in the Enterprise's situation, they are going on this mission and stuff together and pursuing these goals, but they're all doing that to like better themselves and to pursue their own like whatever they want to do. But it's a similar thing, I guess, what, you know, to, to what we would say with socialism and communism is this way we can provide for everybody and then look for, you know, what we really want to do to, to be rather than what, what toil do we want to achieve? Uh What we actually want to do with our time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. More time to play a trombone like Will Riker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He's so, do you think the actor like requested that? Like, I gotta play a trombone like this many times this season. I mean, there's a probability <laughs> of that. It was I in mean, his contract. I also want to know whether have you all seen the supercut of him sitting down? Yes. <laughs> like, He's always yeah. like leaping over yeah. the chairs. He like flips his leg over the back of the chair always. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I just I wonder if that's something he thought. Oh, this is what my character does. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently the jumpsuits were so uncomfortable that you know Picard's little yeah. like tucking motion he does. It's just because the jumpsuits always ride up. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they had the terrible ones to start with, right? They, they were, were like, like super stinky. <laughs> or like they were spandex or something to like uncomfortable. Mm. Like their backs. back hurts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were stinky, I read. Uh, well, they eventually got like the nice, more loose kind of sweater deal. Or uh-huh. Season two, they got some, some upgrades. Yeah. You want to go back to this episode? Yeah, what, what else happens in this episode that we were into? I mean, overall, I, thought, I just thought it was a good critique, I guess, of, of current Earth, you know? Because mm-hmm. they were frozen, I think they said in the 90s, because so they said, like, late 20th century. It was a fad mm. in the late 20th century. I don't know. I was gonna. I thought it was the 2000s or the 2020s be. or something weird, but okay. I, I may be making that up. We can cut that. No, no worries. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, me either. So. Not important. Yeah. But roughly around our time period is when these people are frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So So Data's asking the the cowboy man, I don't know, he's the weird Oh the musician guy. Musician yeah. guy. He's like you have an easier time adjusting. Like, can I ask he's like asking him about that and he's Ooh, like yeah. Oh, you know, it's just it's the same dance but a different tune. Yeah. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> he really was the cute. coolest one among them because yeah. he was just chill. He was just like, yeah, well, okay, here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was this right after that happens, he goes, um, you know, let's throw a party. He's like trying to get Data to throw a party with him. And, and then Data gets a page that like the Romulans are paging or something. And, yeah. and this guy immediately is like, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> and he's like, and Data's like, well, and he's like, well, are the are you gonna invite the Romulans to the party? Yeah. And Data goes, that just wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> and then he does this like hair flip as he leaves, oh and I just gosh. thought it was really cute. Wait, Data does the hair flip? Yeah, he's got this funny, you know, slick back hair mm-hmm. that's like trimmed kind of long at the back, uh-huh. so it's like long back there. Oh. And when he turns his head, it's like. Like <laughs> I've never noticed how long his hair is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like a bad haircut. haircut yeah, it's Android haircut. You yeah, know, they can't get it all right. <laughs> what else do you want to say about this episode? <laughs> um, at the end, what, I can't remember which guy. I think it's the the tall stocks guy. Um, yeah. he's uh, he's he's like, how will I live? Mm, yeah. And they're saying, you know, material needs no longer exist. He's like, what's the challenge? Yeah. And Picard just says, to improve and enrich yourself. Like, that sounds pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a nerdy response. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's just funny because the episode ends like, now we just need to go forward. So much to do. Still so much to learn. Picard just says that. <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty dorky. Like, maybe he's like bargaining a little bit with being like okay maybe we weren't as smart compared to these people in the past as we thought we were mm. we still got stuff to learn which mm. i'm like okay i'm glad you said something about that yeah you know, that's a good point yeah because because they're dealing with the romulans and like i wonder if they're feeling kind of inferior oh, against yeah. this group they haven't encountered in a long time like they don't know if they have like new dangerous tech or something yeah. like that yeah and the the romulans hate them by the way it's yeah. hilarious <laughs> Right. Your presence is not wanted. <laughs> yeah. Next to the aggro. Yeah, I know. That's interesting because they still, they frame it as like, oh, yeah, we don't really, you know, the only challenges we have are the ones we give ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. But they also do have this big challenge of dealing <laughs> yeah. with the Romulans. Yeah, so yeah they're right. currently doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a pretty nerd answer of just like, oh, let's go learn some stuff. <laughs> I don't, it, do we? Th- that's this is very philosophical. Is that the point of life after post scarcity? Like, <laughs> this cat says no. <laughs> oh, should we let Maude even there? Yeah. Okay. Like, otherwise, that's not the first piano here. 
Um, what is the meaning of life? That's <laughs> I know we're already like an hour into recording. <laughs> I guess it's, you know, his response is also sort of to find your own meaning, right? Like, mm. it doesn't have to be to better yourself or to pursue these things. Like, for a lot of people, especially the sorts of people who join Starfleet, it is. Yeah, right? they're the nerds. But there's plenty of people who is just like, yeah, I just want to, you know, create art. I just want to hang out and see interesting things like his brother's like like, runs a winery yeah he's very cranky i don't know why he's so cranky because it's like you're not like trying to make money off of this are you like yeah he's just he just has a little for fun vineyard yeah you can Uh, still be cranky and yeah i guess you can (laughs) yeah it's very Mm open-ended it doesn't need to have a defined thing the point i guess is that you're freed from the base struggle of eking out survival to where whatever comes after that is up to you. Yeah, you and I, I think that tracks with how Data is treated too, because if Data were around when they still had like capitalism, that'd be a whole different thing to teach. Like that'd be oh, like yeah. here's here's how to be selfish and here's how to you know survive. Yeah. And I think that is why so many times when he asks how to be human, they're like, I don't know, like <laughs> I can't really tell you that. And like, yeah. Yeah. even the way they do relationships, like with. Riker and Troy like I really appreciate they have kind of an open relationship like Mm -hmm. you can tell they still care for each other deeply and like I think at one point they like are actually dating but then they're just like yeah you can go fuck other people like I Mm -hmm. don't care yeah so yeah there's a little exchange in um in this episode called Manhunt that I found Mm. uh, that actually my friend Bridger brought to my attention shout out to Bridger loyal listener oh yeah (laughs) basically uh Deanna's mom is getting transported to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And they're like talk telepathically or whatever. And Troy's mom is like, is he still yours? Looking at Riker. <laughs> and Deanna just says, humans no longer own one another that way. I love that. And um, maybe it's just referring to like a, a less dependent type of relationship system. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. 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 I love. What's her name? I can't uh, remember. Marina Sirtis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think is her name. She's the voice of the computer, too. Really? Yeah. De- Wait, is it? Hold on. Troy's Deanna's mom? mom. Tro- oh, yeah. Not yeah. Deanna. Not um, Deanna, but. Um, you're right. She is the voice of the yeah, computer. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Apparently, she had a fling with, with Gene Roddenberry. Nice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He would, you know, fall for the computer she's, of his ship. <laughs> she's hot as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's really. She's a MILF. <laughs> um. No, I think that's that's a good point. Like, I think family structures are much more, like, loose and optional. Like, mm-hmm. Wesley just, like, leaves, and his mom's like, eh, that's what you gotta do. Like, she kind of, <laughs> like, she's sad about it, but, like, yeah, there's no, like, sense of obligation, I guess, really. Right, and there's no economic base for the, you have to have a nuclear family or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and the patriarchy and various things, you know, like, all that is... I mean, it's tied up in and it's supportive of capitalism. You don't have that. Yeah. And you have a lot more open system where you can. Yeah, you, know? you do. I mean, they still have some, they have some gender mishaps, y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they literally have conversations with, like, men are like this and oh. women are like this. Like, when they play poker and shit and you're like, oh, Yeah, right, guys. and Riker yeah. loves a good little, well, that's women. Yeah, yeah, Riker's... There's this funny moment, and it's not very funny. I just found it very surprising, (laughs) um, where this this country musician guy, um, like, is talking to the doctor, trying to get sleeping meds. Oh yeah. And as as he's leaving, he just slaps her on the ass. (laughs) Yeah. And 
And she said something so silly. She's like, much obliged. Much obliged. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is it that she thinks like, okay, this is someone from the 2000s. This is still not okay. Yeah. Like, is well, she like, does she think he's like a, a like a cowboy or something? Like a literal cowboy? Like, this is totally normal to do? Well, they probably don't know as much as about like what norms were back yeah. then. And so yeah. they're just like, well, he's a barbarian from the past. Like, <laughs> A couple of things struck me about that. One, that it's very much tied up in the time the show was created mm-hmm. like the perceived you know notion that they think this person in the future is going to have is that oh i've never seen that before yeah but like they also think this person who's still from the future but from their past will like still be doing stuff like that you know that yeah. is interesting they they, yeah. they think misogyny is going to be around for another hundred years or whatever yeah <laughs> or however like 20 years so yeah, yeah. So 20 years mm-hmm. which that's fair <laughs> Fair and true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has, like, a marked disinterest in these people. Like, do people not care about history anymore? Like, the history they reference is always, like, ancient, ancient history. Or, like, mm-hmm. like you know, Picard's horny for Shakespeare and, like, whatever. <laughs> but, like, it, it seems like no one really cares that much about, like, more recent history. I'm sure some of that's, like, the writers being like, don't look at this. We don't really know what happens <laughs> <Well>, here. <laughs> one other thing, though, is... I mean, if you go through the education system of the Federation, what they teach you about their history is probably going to be similar to what, like, Germany taught people (laughs) after World War II is... Don't do that. This was bad, terrible shit. And, like, no one's very interested in studying that because it's, like, a dark chapter, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, Um, because it seems like their education is much more, like, STEM-focused. Like... mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's, like, arts, but I don't see a lot of, like, liberal arts in this mm. in this universe. Like, I guess there's writers still, mm-hmm. but they're not really focused on effort. Like, we don't we don't really see, like, a novelist or, or stuff like that. I don't know. It seems like they try to incorporate, like, art and writing and stuff into the curriculum or something, you know, to where everyone kind of does it but mm-hmm. and appreciates it at least, you know? Yeah. But, like, maybe it's not, like, their profession or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I kept on seeing this kind of statement like when people are trying to figure out what the governmental system is and stuff they're like well it's focused on a starship of starfleet so we're probably just going to see that segment of life and a a lot of these interactions you know yeah Yeah. if it were based on earth maybe it'd be different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe we all need to watch picard and see what you know (laughs) some listener out there is like an idiot (laughs) (laughs) episode one so here's our government (laughs) it was just sitting in a government class it's just a straight (laughs) face-to-face camera interview (laughs) with the president of earth in paris they have archaeology still. Like, that's... Yeah. That's okay. still a thing. Because yeah. Picard's into it. Xeno-archaeology or mm-hmm. something? But it's, yeah, it's very alien-focused. Uh-huh. It's not... They don't really give a shit about Earth anymore. They're like, we'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so interesting. It is. <laughs> like, a, just a disinterest in the past. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe it is... I don't argue myself. <laughs> well, you can also go to the holodeck. So you could also just mm-hmm. watch it directly. You don't really... Need to talk to these weirdos. <laughs> I guess that's, that's true. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's I feel like that's so much hubris tied up in that. Yeah. We have this technology that's just it's immaculate. It's gonna be a perfect representation. Yeah, because someone had to program it's programmed, that. Yeah. Is the thing. Like you yeah. can't just assume. So it's, it's a walk in right. history book uh-huh. versus Yeah, versus the actual yeah. the actual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's really interesting, like listening to them talk to their computers and how they even like do science. It's just like, eliminate these factors. Do this. Like, it's just like, it's so easy. <laughs> Literally anyone can do science, I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, you're 
it's science for TV. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, we don't want someone to like do equations for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. But they are very, their computers can do a whole bunch of shit. Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's funny to me because a lot of times the main like excitement with the computer is like the voice activated thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even anything like, there's a scene where, where Deanna is trying to like help out the lady who's from the past and she's feeling really detached because everyone she knew was dead. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we'll just do a search and see if anyone's still alive. Mm-hmm. And she's like, computer, uh, do this, this, and this. And the lady's like, you think this will really work like and it's like you're just looking up records like what did they not have computers then (laughs) was it the voice activated thing they didn't have like yeah that's so funny to me and maybe that's just my point of view because now watching it from this point of view we have all that stuff yeah Uh voices everywhere now that is the big sector (laughs) yeah and when you look at their actual like physical technology it looks like shit it's just like how did you type? Yeah. <laughs> Every button looks the same, but in yeah. four primary colors. Which makes it easy to, you know, do a scene of someone just messing with the computer. Just they mashing just, it. Yeah, they just like, drag things around. Uh, I want to go back to Warp Drive for a second. There's a great episode in Season 7, Episode 9, called Force of Nature, where they discover that Warp Drive is harming space. Oh, no. It's like a climate change metaphor Uh-oh. in, like, the 90s. Yeah. So they, they figure out that if you go at high enough warp speeds, it causes these like tiny rifts. Uh-huh. And they discover it because like there's this one sector that is like more susceptible to these rifts. And so this this woman, like in order to prove it, ends up like putting her ship into like overdrive basically and like she kills herself in the process but manages to prove like this is deadly, please take care of this. Yeah. And so from that point on the show, I mean, it's season eight, seven, so, like, they're almost done. But they can no longer go, like, warp eight or nine. I don't, mm-hmm. They end up having to put a limit. Like, like the Federation puts a limit on, on warp. Wow. Yeah. So I thought cool. that was really interesting. Man, that's funny. I, I'm remembering an episode of Voyager where they try to go past warp ten mm-hmm. or something. I remember that one. And they just, like, turn into weird slugs. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like, changes their physiology. <laughs> really weird episode. Wild. When was... Let me see. Was that the one where... Um, what's his name? Paris? Yeah, Tom Paris. Yeah, he turns into a slug and, like, yeah. fucks the captain as a slug. Yeah. It's so what? weird. It's, it's a really weird, weird one. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Uh, I hate when you accidentally fuck your boss when you turn into bugs. (laughs) So annoying when that happens. Oh my gosh. Wow. So they they kind of did like the, like how you used to have the 55 mile an hour speed limit thing. (laughs) That was most efficient, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of did that, but in space. But in space. You brought up transhumanism with data. Mm -hmm. And I had always thought of the Borg as transhuman. That that's a good and maybe maybe it's like two sides of the same coin like mm-hmm. one of them's like the good one another one's bad or something you know yeah. but, but like, I, I think it's telling though because the good one is the one that wants to be human yeah it's like it's the the robot that's not quite a human yet but then it's bad to take humans and make them more like robots then yeah Ooh, the flip. Yeah, yeah maybe do the borg seem unhappy <laughs> No. They seem pretty happy well, about you, what they're doing. It's not good what they're doing, like, morally, I guess. Yeah. But you get into that with Seven of Nine somewhat, right? It doesn't. Yeah, she's comforted by the Borg, but it's because it's all she's known. Yeah. And it, it raises the question yeah, the Borg is like this natural force, but it's made up of bodies of people who didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And that's like, I mean, obviously a bad yeah, <laughs> outcome. Yeah, it's not a good that. look. <laughs> yeah. But then once they're there, they're. 
happy within that, I guess. Yeah. If you could do a peaceful Borg, then there you go. Yeah, Yeah, if if they got their... Well, their whole goal is to expand is the thing. So I don't think there is such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think that's good. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Kenny. This was amazing. Thank you both so much. I am honored. It was great to have you on. We would have no other first guest but you. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think... We needed someone we feel comfortable because <laughs> we were nervous too. Yeah, I was definitely nervous. Oh, no. Y'all made me feel very comfortable. You so. did great. Yeah. <laughs> so join us next week. We'll finish our conversation going into Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And yeah, catch you next time. Hey there, comrades. Jumping in real quick to remind you to check out our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism. Instagram at teachmecommunism. You can shoot us an email, teachmecommunism at gmail.com. And any of those places are great for feedback or questions or suggestions for future episodes. You can and should leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That is the best way to help people find our show. Really helps us out. We also have t-shirts. So the link is in the show notes, but you can check us out at T Public, And I believe they have some sales coming up. So keep an eye out for that. We are on YouTube, so give us a search there. If that's how you or a friend prefers to listen to podcasts, check us out there. And finally, we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to notes for this show. We have kind of a group talk that we worked off of, and you'll have access to the backlog as well, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies out there. All right, I think that's it. I'm going to let you get back to our recording. We're just going to finish out, so... All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you guys for listening. You're excellent listeners. We couldn't ask for more. And you can catch us next week on another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.